0: I'm so brave today and it's nothing to do with cold showers, although I am still doing cold showers and a couple of my friends are now doing cold showers and they keep asking me about is 10 seconds long enough, is 20 seconds long enough, seeing as though all of that is longer than me, I say it's absolutely marvellous. So it's it's not the cold showers, that's kind of, it's becoming part of I think my morning routine. I organise to have a play date, so a couple of the boys' friends over here, so this is Christmas week everywhere's kind of a mess lots to do and i had a 4 year old and a 6 year old come and play with my two 6 year olds and it was you know there's a double edged sword to playdates which you'll find out it's it's great because you're going to get to catch up with a friend so you have a little chat it's nice and the and the boys your children get to play with their friends but the chaos and the destruction is is like no I'm actually sitting in the boys' playroom now, and and it's just the destruction that they leave. It. Who would have thought that the children, just four of them, could create that much mess? It's. Uh, it's been. <laughs> it's been quite a morning, I would say.
1: Wow. Well, I'm quite lucky when it comes to mess at the moment. Uh, the baby, baby Fernando, his uh, <laughs> his favorite thing is putting things away. He likes putting things in things, especially back where they belong. So what? we we have this situation where I went to soft play with what well, with the baby, not my own, with him. <laughs> well, but then was the day day I'm out. sort of tipping tipping stuff out and he's putting it all back in and I think I'm thinking this is this is the wrong way around what are you doing <laughs> so I'm sort of chucking all the balls out of the ball pit and he's going no mummy and putting them back in so uh yeah that's, that's ah. how, so
0: I should I guess I should enjoy it he enjoys tidying up well how quickly can you and baby Fernando get round here because I have this room that needs <laughs> tidying and I mine never went through that phase never had that phase
1: oh if there's anything that looks like you can put something in it he'll put it in it so if you had like a mess all over the floor and then like a big box a big toy box oh just give him 10 minutes and it'll be crystal it would just be perfectly clean it'll be amazing
0: that is unbelievable that is no, maybe i could make I some think... money
1: out of him a high, a hire a tidying baby
0: can you imagine just a, it's like it. he could just scuttle along on his hands and knees just tidying things up he'd just be like yeah. a a moving human hoover. But yeah. Like all those
1: Roombas. Like the Roombas, the, the robots. Is that right? What's a, what's the a robot rumba? hoovers. The, uh, are they Roombas? I don't know what you're talking about. I, might have I genuinely that don't up. know. What... The little, the, you know the round robots that just hoover on their own? No. You just say go and they just hoover the room on their own. No. What are you talking about?
0: What, you're not, what are, are you living in 1995? What are you talking about? <laughs> what, are you, what am I talking about? What are you talking about? A Roomba? <laughs> what is a Roomba? a robot
1: hoover have you not seen I, a robot hoover
0: i my hoover needs me to make it work and function and tidy things up i well, can't yes, just tell it, it to hoovers hoover.
1: do yeah well there are there are hoovers where you just say go and really? it just roams around and it hoovers hovers around yeah and it sees obstacles and it gets out of the way it changes settings if it goes on a carpet or hard or whatever yeah, yeah you just press go and that's it off it goes do you have one no, but how have you not heard of this? Honestly, you're living in a different decade. No,
0: I, I'm. They are, there are genuinely people listening to this who have not heard of a rumba. If you'd said to that me, is not ju- true. No, if you I'm, just people if you, don't let me down here. That is not true. No, if if you just said to me, or if there was a quiz and they said, you know, one of these on the quiz show for fifty thousand pounds or dollars, what is a rumba? You know, A, B, or C. I'm 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 not picking Hoover. I don't know what I'm picking. I'm okay, not, yeah. I...
1: Well, Roomba's like a brand name, but you know what I mean, the round ones, and they just... I do not know what you own. mean. I don't have... That's poor. To be honest, I'm disappointed.
0: Th- <laughs> to be honest, a I'm not very good with technology, but b there are so many obstacles in our house. I don't even think a Roomba would function in our house.
1: Well, they're very smart, so maybe maybe it's worth a try. Maybe
0: you can get it for me for my birthday present, Christmas. Yeah, well, are they it's quite a
1: while to your birthday because you just had one. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, Yeah, that's true. Christmas is in four days' time. <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, I, I'm I've not never... sure if
1: I can get there in time. But there you go.
0: I can't believe this.
1: This is madness.
0: I don't. I don't. I've never heard of it. I no, I don't think it's unusual that I don't know that there's a round thing that you say go to and it hoovers your house. Yeah, that's it. I don't. I don't think. And I'm guarantee there are people listening who have never heard of what you are talking about.
1: No way. No way, honestly.
0: 100%. 100%. If, if
1: anybody does write in and say that, you're just,
0: you're just trying to make Gigi feel better. I do not believe you. It, the whole thing is that the next, I don't know, five or 10 people I see in the next couple of days, I'm just going to ask them if they've heard of these things. And I'm going I'm to do my own little poll around where I live. Well, I have learned something new in the podcast. It's early stage of the podcast. So thank you very much for that. In terms of the tennis world, um, well, covid A lot of COVID headlines in the last few days. Yeah, I
1: know. It's a
0: shame. But I mean, it's happening everywhere, isn't it? It's every sport.
1: It's not just sport, just everywhere. But uh, yeah, Abu Dhabi, the exhibition there getting hit hard. We thought it was disappointing because last time we were talking about how Emma Raducanu wasn't going to be able to play because she got COVID when she arrived there. And it turns out that everybody else got it too. So whether they got it whilst they were still there or when they travelled home, Regardless, it was a, a bit of an outbreak and, uh, yeah, a bit of a bummer.
0: Hopefully. And I know Belinda Benjic talked about the uncomfortable symptoms that she was getting. And she started a statement saying, I'm fully vaccinated. Unfortunately, I've contracted or tested positive for COVID. Uh, the symptoms aren't that great. And I think Andre Bois said a very similar thing. I think she's the latest player. And obviously, reference, I think Carlos Moya, he's also got it as well. I think I saw a Yeah a message to say that he's he's got it too. So the first thing is wish them a speedy recovery. On the flip side, if I'm trying to find a positive, it would be that they should be clear and all fine for Australia. But then the other side of the thing is what you brought up last week with regards to Emma Radicani. And for someone like Rafa Nadal, this could have a bearing because he's been out for so long anyway, is that they will now miss a precious amount of pre-season time. Yeah, can't train yeah um or if you have a court in your back garden
1: could you train on that i suppose you could but you wouldn't be yeah. able to practice with anyone because you should be isolating or you could set up a ball machine on your own you could you could play away like that i suppose but then, but then if you live in
0: a house the people you live in a house with because i know the rules in the uk if someone has covid the people in the house can still go out and about they take a lateral flow every day so they can still go out and about so if Nadal who quite possibly has one or two tennis courts in the vicinity of where he lives he could still practice with someone as long as there's someone from his house slash bubble
1: yeah right? I'm not sure how good his wife is at tennis um, <laughs> to be honest maybe not Nadal's standards of uh, brightest part of it. if the ball comes back that is uh, that's all, all you can ask I suppose
0: but I guess you could do other stuff because a lot of pre-season, isn't it? It's not always with a ball, is it? It might be stuff in the gym or other bits and pieces that you're doing. So, depending on the severity of the symptoms, because as we know, it can completely wipe you out. There might be—it's not like Emma Raducanu, who I think was she in a hotel room. So it, it depends where you get it yeah. and where you're where you're stuck and where you're going to be if. Rafa Nadal tested positive when he got home, so hopefully he was able to go home. There will be space, and it won't be as restricting. So I guess it it kind of depends. And I think Andrzej is back in Tunisia, so hopefully they've got a little bit of space, so, so they're not they're not too isolated. And and hopefully, I know Rafa Nadal is. Th- th- there were question marks, I think, about Australia before he tested positive, just because he hasn't played in so long.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Ah uh, yeah I don't know I mean look if you're going to test positive you want to test positive at home don't you so that you can uh, be I think everybody wants to be at home rather than in a, in a hotel so um yeah just a, a bit of yeah it's a shame for the event which I think on the whole was was successful until we obviously get these these sorts of results coming back and it's it's one of those things like sports around the world are just sort of ploughing on this time rather than last time where everything stopped it really is just people saying we can't afford to stop so we're just going to keep going and the the governments aren't shutting these things down um and it's just about the rules and the regulations it's like with australia you know things are evolving all the time you know they're gonna plow on regardless they sort of have to um yeah so it's very different to where we were say sort of yeah summer-ish of 2020 where everything had had stopped really um so, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing, I suppose, that the events are continuing on. Um, I don't really know if it's a smart thing or not. It just... <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Um, but it is It is amazing. It
0: is. Uh, I know football in this country from Boxing Day, so that's the 26th of December. Wales, football goes behind closed doors. Scotland, it's a yeah. maximum of 500 spectators, so it's pretty much behind closed doors. And as things stands in the UK... It's as normal, but we've been told that there could possibly be restrictions, guidelines that are brought in. In terms of, I mean, one number from the from the Premier League in a week, their positive cases. This is the the football, the soccer, the Premier League is their numbers have doubled in a week in terms of positive cases. They're up to I think ninety for players, and And there's been a lot of
1: cancellations, right? Is that
0: right? Yeah, they can't get
1: teams out because everybody's isolating.
0: Six of the matches were called off during the week, and then they had a meeting of the Premier League clubs and i think someone made a really good point the assistant manager at liverpool said um it's all very well for the premier league clubs and the chairman st- and the chairwomen to get together and say we don't want this we're going to carry on he said but they're not scientists they're not the people who are yeah, seeing exactly. the effect that that this virus has on people they're not thinking about in a sense you know, the welfare and how it's affecting the bodies and how we expect these players to recover and play two matches in four days because over the festive period, it's so busy. And they came to the conclusion that if you've got 13 available players, you're on, you're in, you will play. You know, as long as you've got 13 players from which to choose from, then you should fulfil Fulfill your matches, fulfill your fixes. Well, that's sort
1: of how I feel like with Abu Dhabi stuff. Like, it's great that all this stuff is going on. I'm enjoying watching it and stuff. But there is a part of me that's a bit like, I don't don't know if this really should be going on. It's not being decided by scientists anymore, is it? It's being decided by people who are running the events. And it's no surprise that they're all going ahead. Um, But when you look at the numbers of you know, the the players impacted in other sports, in team sports, and obviously tennis has wound down for a bit as this variant of the virus has cranked up. You know, you start thinking, you know, will this have a huge impact on Australian Open? Because, yeah, for those players who've just got it, that might be like, oh, excellent, Australia's going to be fine then because I'll be recovered and off I go. I I know I'll be fine to to go and play. But, um, yeah, it it does feel like there are going to be... A chunk of positive tests because it, it's just everywhere now. I mean, I, I live in London, and <laughs> London is just everywhere. Uh, they, ba- I think they basically are saying like, yeah, you live in London, you're going to get it at some point over the next month or so. That's just well, I've how never it goes.
0: Known, so. I've never known so many people to have it. I think in the, in the first wave. I mean, I had it, but I didn't really know that many people. Maybe a couple of others. And then yeah. I don't know which I don't know which wave we're in. But then the the second wave, I don't think I knew many. But this time, everybody you speak to, you'll get calls saying, "Yep, the whole family has it." Um, uh, I did a show last night on Five Live. One of my guests was isolating at home with it. Felt absolutely fine, but has it? Another friend of friend of ours actually called me today. He's just come through it, and and luckily who's been symptom free but it's absolutely everywhere and and we've been playing it very carefully so we can be with loved ones on Christmas day um because I have parents who are vulnerable so we've been very very careful but you, you do you do worry and, and from a work perspective I guess in the freelance world you really worry because if you you get it you lose work it's like a player who gets it and misses misses a tournament so it's um yeah, we've, you know, done everything we can possibly do to protect ourselves from it. But despite that, yeah, it's everywhere. I mean, it's everybody you speak to. We, we had a guy who was collecting a delivery today and he said from the 20 houses he had been to picking things up and delivering things, 16 of them had people in the house with COVID. Wow. Yeah. And, and, he, and he was knocking on the door. There was a voice behind the door going, just leave it. I can't come out <laughs> oh, and he no. said it, he said it was nearly look 16 of the 20 houses he went to people heard. I mean yeah. it's miserable it's, yeah it's everywhere so everyone's everyone's just gotta just gotta take care because it's uh it's out there and it's it's everyone I don't think it's going away anytime soon I think had a very interesting conversation last night we talk about football and team sports because we've noticed this in tennis, haven't we, through the pandemic. The, um, the effect it's taken on players, whether the likes of Gilles Simon stepped away from tennis for a bit and Sitsipas and Shapovalov were quite vocal. And Andriescu recently talked about the toll it's taken with the bubbles and the travelling and the, the isolation. And and I think sometimes people don't think about that in with regards to team sports. That, oh, well, there's, say, football, oh, there's 11 so they're going to be fine and it, but those 11 they're still individuals who have vulnerable relatives who are still having to stay in bubbles who are still having to put their health at risk and it it seems to be that in in team sport world as long as we can get 11 players out on the pitch it's fine and it doesn't seem we think about the effect it could have basically on on their mental health quite as much.
1: Yeah I think so it it it's been really really tough uh we've we've had quite a few tennis players talk about it about how difficult it has been and just how taxing it is um yeah and on their team members as well you know we saw Barty wrap up her year early and say God, I'm I'm done I mean she, she did pretty well so she was like I'll take it I'll take my second Grand Slam title my world number one ranking and I'm gonna go and chill out in Australia and you know what 100% the right decision you know you deserve to do that you you should do that and she's not the only one so yeah no it's it's tough um I don't know how they've managed it to be honest the, the level of tennis that we've seen has been sensational uh, I think we really have had a year I know we're going to do some reflections on the year but we really have had a year full of youngsters like real youngsters and I don't know whether that is part yeah. of it as well in the The slightly older players are, you know, finding it more difficult with the restrictions and the bubbles and all that sort of stuff to find their best tennis, whereas the youngsters, I mean, they just don't care. They just want to play. They just want to get out there. They're just desperate. They're chomping at the bit. They've been waiting to be on the tour for so long and they're just they're just ready um and whether you know and, and for some of them especially the ones who were sort of outside the top 100 before the year started um there weren't really many tournaments they could play to be honest they had best part of a year where they were really really struggling um so yeah it has really felt like that sort of those players who are fresh to the tour have really really thrived and there have been some sort of tired looking uh more experienced players i think possibly just because of um the restrictions that you know that, that have been in place like I don't know I, I don't know how they've done it <laughs> they must love tennis that's all I can say it's uh it, you know, it's. For, I know they're staying in nice places and they fly nice as well like I'm not I don't feel like it's a, a particular hardship in comparison to what an awful lot of people have gone through with this pandemic however it's just to be able to perform the way they've performed in in that sort of environment I think it's tough
0: yeah i think it's i think it's it's very very tough and as i say it's everywhere at the moment so just want people to stay safe be sensible and hopefully we'll all come out the other side you you mentioned reflections on the year so this is sort of our our tennish christmas special we're going to split it over a couple of weeks there is no right answer there is no wrong answer whether we'll agree on any answer i don't know <laughs> but we've got 10 questions And we're going to split this over the next couple of weeks. This is kind of our look back at the year. And we'd love people to get in touch. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have a different answer? I'm going to start, you talked about Ash Barty. So let's start with your WTA Player of the Year and why. And it might not be Ash Barty, but who would you say for you in 2021 has stood above the rest and why? It's It's a fascinating
1: one, isn't it? Really, you've got the... Huge achievements of Barty with a very strong level of consistency. You have the weirdly, and I do say weirdly, everybody, if you followed her career, it is a weirdly consistent year from Sabalenka. Quite extraordinary. Hasn't hit the heights that Barty has hit. She hasn't been in a slam final or anything like that, but just just bizarrely consistent. And I, and I know that I'm focusing on that the sort of the surprise in that because you look at her game style it doesn't suit being consistent week in week out and you look at her personality it doesn't suit being consistent week in week out that is why she's not been consistent week in week out throughout her career she's had these tremendous runs and then she's had some times where she looks like she can't win a match um but she has been so strong and almost reliable i'm looking at draws being like yeah well Sabs will be in the quarters no worries about that and then she does you know there's no you know she she has lost early in some tournaments don't get me wrong it's not every single week of the year but you know number two in the world um, because of her consistency not because she's won a Grand Slam you know like that's that is just sort of. Nicely surprising. I don't know. I, I just I find it interesting. So you've got sort of a bit, a bit, a bit of a contrast at the top. Um, you've got Muguruza, who's been sort of threatening to get back to her very, very best. You've obviously got Krejčíková, who's just burst onto the scene and uh, looked like she was born to be. Making acceptance speeches, <laughs> it was just like I've never seen anybody <laughs> produce such a shock result, and then take the microphone and be like, "Yeah, I've planned this," and off I go. Like when she was that speech at the French Open was just extraordinary. I couldn't quite work out what was going on. And she was talking about Justine Ennon for a period of time. It turned into a bit of a chat show vibe. It was it was amazing. Am um, I missing anyone else from the top, from the very very top, in terms of that that, that the in terms of those that have... In terms of the WTA, the WTA players, let me have a look. So I've done Barty, Sabalenka, Magarutha. Look, I'll tell you what, Pliskova is number four in the world, above Krejcikova. Uh, of course, you know, final of Wimbledon, but, you know, we're sort of used to seeing her at the top. Her and Magarutha have both been number one. I'm not really going to consider anybody else um, because there are some fantastic players below that, but, you know, for player of the year... Oh, you know what the thing is is that I really want to sort of give it to Savalenka because I admire massively how she has just become this like yeah I'm just world-class week in week out that's just what I do now um, which is a great effort it's a, it's a tough game to sort of rein in a bit and, uh, and she's managed to do it but you can't pip Ash Barty you just can't do it she's been fantastic um, I mean with all that pressure and I don't think we have had a number one in the world sort of defend that number one in the world spot like... Barty has managed this year since sort of Serena really because we've had a lot of number ones who have then sort of struggled something like Kerber you know up to the top and then she sort of fell away and you know Muguruza up to the top and fell away and and you know Barty's like no I got to the top and I have stayed at the top and then you all thought it was because of COVID and that I didn't play but then I came back and I just won everything and I won a grand slam and I won all the big tournaments and I'm still number one in the world with everybody competing so you know to me that has been impressive I suppose you know Osaka of course has been she was number one for quite a while um, it was very Grand Slam based I don't know I'm rambling now Ash Barty <laughs> congratulations
0: uh, it, no I loved hearing all that I knew where you were going to end up and knew what you were going to come back to and, and I think for me Uh, This is when I'm going to get all the people messaging, going, "What have you got against Ash Barty? Nothing. I have nothing against Ash Barty. I think she's amazing. I think she's done wonderful things." But uh, Barbora Krejčíková, I'm going to give her Player of the Year because it's astonishing.
1: What? She's number five in the world. Player of the Year does not. Player player of the Year. Then,
0: then these are pointless questions because we should have just said, "Okay, it's Djokovic. It's Djokovic and Barty, and let's move on." I do not think. That being number one means you are the player of the unnecessarily I think it it's like look, it's like the goat debate, isn't it? Is it is the goat debate ultimately decided on titles or do you put personality in and do you put off court stuff in as well? That's a debate that that will rage. And I think the same for this. I, I don't think of course the person who is number one in the world is gonna have a very good argument, but I'm just I look at I look at what she did, it was astonishing. It was truly astonishing what she did and she kept going and she stayed up there and she kept playing and she went through the Olympics and the Billie Jean King Cup finals until she was dead on her feet by the end, absolutely exhausted. But I just think what Krichikova did was incredible and If I could give it to them jointly, and I know, and again, it's nothing against her What she did was she had to be away from home for so long to back it up, to stay at number one, to win that Wimbledon title. It's exceptional how she's been playing. But Kritikova, no one would have guessed it. No one would have predicted it. No one would have put money on it. No one would have backed her to do what she has done. And then just to... To stay up there and to keep going and to move through into Tokyo, move through to the end of the season. And I just think, I just think what she's done, I think it's astonishing. She effectively coming from. Oh, it is. Just from where she was in singles to, I I just think, yeah, look, speech wise, brilliant. I love Sabalenka. I love watching Sabalenka. I love listening to Sabalenka. I think she's done so well. And I, I want her to make that breakthrough. And I want her to get a grand slam. I want Andriasky to come back because she's one of my favourite players. Yes. To watch. Absolutely oh. enjoy. I love watching Ash Barty and how she plays. And she's such a wonderful person, it seems, from what we know of her. But I, I just, maybe I've got a little bit of a soft spot. Maybe it's good that I'm not on the official voting panel for this. But of I, I think for me, just gets player of the year because it's, it's yeah I don't know is it a case of we should expect it from someone like Ash Barty because she was number one in the world and because she'd won a grand slam but we didn't expect it of critique of her I don't think anyone Well, I did. think that's
1: fair enough yeah I think you can have that as a as a reason because I was saying that I wanted to give it to Sabalenka because of the element of surprise like that's what was so it was so surprising how she went about her year so yeah I think uh, I think that's a valid reason and I think you've Put your case but forward then, well, I put, well
0: enough that I will
1: accept it. But I put my
0: like case forward. I don't know if I'm going to completely contradict myself when we do the ATP player of the year.
1: <laughs>
0: well, you can kick off on that one then. It's you
1: to go first. ATP player of 2021.
0: I'm giving it to Novak Djokovic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because <laughs> he's number 1 in it the it world. Not because
0: he's number 1 in the world, and I was thinking of other players. I was thinking of other players who have who might actually fall into a different category that we have a little bit later and of what they've achieved and you can make cases for a handful, but I think for me Djokovic it's it's what he was sounds a bit weird, so close to achieving and it's it's the run he went on. And he didn't play that many tournaments. You know, I think Rafa Nadal said something recently about, oh, you know, Novak played so much more than me. He didn't. He he just didn't play that many tournaments. But the ones he did play, he played so well. And to be in the position he was in, going to Tokyo, and I know it crumbled in Tokyo, and, and it was so sad to see. And then it was heartbreaking to see him at Flushing Meadows when he was crying. And I know he can be... Divisive, off the field, off the field, off the court. You can tell I've been back in football for a bit, <laughs> and and I still want to know what he's doing about Australia because that's just annoying me now. But I just think from what he was on the verge of achieving uh, is it, it's quite incredible. And with all the young guys coming through, and with all cause there's a big, big chasing pack out there. I just think he's still exceptional. And and I've said this before. If I had to pick a tennis player out of all of them. to to play a set to save my life it it would be Djokovic
1: yeah I mean look I've been looking at the sort of the top players and the results through the year and trying to form any sort of argument that can rival Novak and it's just impossible because you know not only has well look you said with Ash Barty we sort of expect it from her of course we expect Djokovic to be number one at the end of the year we expect him to be number one at the end of next year Uh, and he is but he faced a new challenge this year. You know, he wasn't in that pack that he had got used to. You know, he he had, it took him a while, but he had figured out Federer, Nadal, um, as well as, say, you know, Andy um, in that pack. You know, he'd been operating in that pack for a while and he had sort of got himself to the top of it. And, and we knew he was, and it was just a matter of time before he caught up when it came to slams and that sort of thing but this was a very different year like yes he had nadal of course and and that match at roland garros you know was just um it, you know was it an exceptional match to watch but it um he was facing medvedev and Zverev, but, but and not in a derogatory way in a way that they have found their best form this year particularly through that us uh, hard court season you know Zverev winning the gold medal you know Medvedev being incredibly strong as well and you know it didn't necessarily go Djokovic's way because he didn't win the gold medal and he didn't win US Open so you know he did have some struggles he didn't necessarily conquer it all but he's still come out on top he's still number one in the world um you know winning all the, sl- <laughs> I say all the slams all the slams he did win three out of the four um and against sort of new Uh, and invigorated and fresher rivals and rivals that are playing at a really incredible level as well really really pushing him uh, in in those situations of course he's going in as the heavy favourite yeah he's very experienced with you know being Novak Djokovic and everybody thinking that he's going to win the whole time but you know, I just think it was a bit of a different task this year, and ultimately he's come out on top. And I'm just looking at the rankings now, and I mean he's three thousand points ahead of Daniel Medvedev, a number two. You know, you win two thousand points for a slam. That's two. That is a, winning a slam and a Masters better than Medvedev if Medvedev had lost first round in both of those tournaments, which ain't going to happen. So, yeah. An exceptional year, and as I say, you know, you look at that top ten; seven of the top ten of, are on career highs in the ATP. You've got Yannick Sinner as the youngest player across both ATP and WTA in the top ten. You know, the youngest top ten WTA is twenty-three, uh, which I think is Sabalenka, and the youngest ATP is Yannick Sinner at twenty. Now, it hasn't been that way around for for a long time. You know, that is a young top ten now, and as I say, it's a bunch of different faces. Novak still reigns supreme. Congratulations, Novak.
0: <laughs> and we should wait to see how, if and where he starts 2022. Right, moving on to question three. Most improved player, ATP or WTA, where do you land?
1: Oh, overall. Mm.
0: You want <laughs> what you can have an honourable mention, but you're actually if you were giving an award that has to go to one person. It's so difficult because just like so many. There are so many.
1: Um, you know, immediately what springs to mind, uh, based, remember, we're going from 2020 player to 2021 player, yep. uh, would be a Hubert Hercatch. I mean, what I think he's a gem. I mean, he won a Masters in Indian Worlds. Um, you know, he reached the semi finals of Wimbledon. The semi finals, right? Yeah, semi finals of Wimbledon. Um, yeah, and you just look at him and you just. I mean obviously the way he plays is phenomenal you don't think like how the hell is this guy doing as well as he's doing but there is a part of it that you're like okay I didn't think he he could do that okay great like he really has most done well I mean of course Yannick Sinner as I say 20 years old into the top 10 absolutely extraordinary winning so many tournaments Cam Norrie what on earth are you doing Cam Norrie winning (laughs) a Masters event it is so 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 tough um and then I'm just going to get on my list for the women just so that I don't miss anybody. Um, well, Maria Zachary, extraordinary. I mean, Paula Badosa. I mean, are you kidding? Badosa done unbelievably well. Jabber. Honestly, there, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Emma Raducanu, I mean, she's winning everything. So I'm just going to leave her out of this one just, <laughs> just so that she can not be involved in one, one topic. Um, so wow how are you going to whittle yeah, I mean, that I mentioned carlos alcaraz i don't know i find it very i find it very difficult um i think for me if i just take a moment and reflect on this year yeah. the person that makes me say wow more than it's anything like drum would be paula bedosa okay yeah i think she's been phenomenal so she would get your most improved oh it's tough isn't it yeah um
0: well, it's Bedosa or Hercatch. I, I, maybe I'll go her. I feel catch. like you've just put the award in her hand and now you've ripped it out of her grasp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, come up to the stage, yeah. Bedosa. Actually, up to the I've stage. changed my mind. Actually, actually, Hubert, where are you? Where are you? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. Do you, do you want to... Can they share it? Do you want to give them it to share then? Well, I wasn't
1: expecting this to be... Um, mainly because I didn't read the question you sent. Um, but I wasn't expecting this it to all happens. be in one category. I, I'd sort of separated it out. So I hadn't... Uh, I hadn't put the two against each other in my mind, but uh, yeah, her catch it's, done.
0: It's it's interesting. The one person you didn't mention who I thought would have been a shoe in is Aslan Karatsev. I mean, yeah. ha- how? Because he won it, didn't he? But, the ATP. How does he uh, improved? Enough? How does he not get a mention? The fella was, let alone what he was last year. He was 114 in the world in February of of this year. He's 18 in the world at the end of it with. Two titles, Dubai and Moscow. He also got to the final in Belgrade. He got to the semi-finals in Australia. He's won doubles titles to boot. I mean, I- I'm very surprised he doesn't get a mention in your list. Is he of... yours? I, you know, I looked at Cam Norrie. I mean, again, what is he doing? That's it's it's astonishing what Cam Norrie has done and the belief he's had in himself, which I think is fantastic. Krachikov is my player of the year, but also you look at most improved and I think she gets a shout for that. Badosa, I think is, I love watching Badosa play and I love that grit. She's a real ballsy style about her. And I think she's absolutely fabulous. Hubert Hercat, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I think he's, he's done exceptionally well, but he wouldn't have been on my short list. Um, Sinner. Interesting. Yes, but I think for me it, it's Karatsev. It's Again, the problem with me is I've just, I like a story. I like a good, you know, I like the sort mm. of, it's almost like the rags to riches. It's the from nowhere to somewhere. And I think sometimes I think a little bit too much of my heart rather than my head. But for me, the Karatsev story, I mean, he's not a spring chicken. He's got some tennis in his legs. He was battling away on the Challenger Tour. He kept faith and Where on earth this has come from, I still don't know. But what I love about Karatsev is he has the belief in himself that he's now going to stay there. And one of those things was Mm. not taking a clothing deal because his agent, who I think some of us at the time thought, are you mad? was going, oh, no, he's going to go a lot higher than this. We'll do it at the end of the year. We kept thinking, well, anything could happen. He could get injured. He could sully the wheels. We kept saying, so when do the Karatsev wheels come off? The wheels didn't come off. They just weren't going to come off. And the fact that he's been able to imagine doing what he did at the start by qualifying um, for his first Grand Slam in the Middle East, then flying to Australia, then getting through to the semi-finals, and then being able to take that and continue on. And I haven't even mentioned his silver medal in Tokyo. He gets to the final in the mix with Vesnina. I just think it's astonishing that he's been able to keep the level. Keep that high level, and at the end of the year, he's a top twenty player. So I think I, yeah, I'm going to go with the ATP on this, and I I'm going to give him my, I, I'm going to give him the others are the honourable mentions, but he is he gets the award. Fair enough. Fair enough. Is that fair enough. I think that's an excellent and we're gonna decision. P- we're going to do one more in this yes. Christmas week edition. Then we're saving the rest. So this one. And the fact that you haven't You've read got any of these.
1: You've got to answer first on this one. Because I just did the last one. I've got to alternate.
0: And it's also because you haven't read the question. So you need more time to think. No, I haven't read the question. A little I, bit guess... I didn't read it it's properly. A little bit of truth in that. <laughs> a little bit of truth in that. Okay. Right. Here we go. Most memorable match of 2021. Ooh. Oh. And again, I'm not splitting. look if we split everything, ATP, WTA, we'd be here for about six hours. So I can't. That's fair. I enough. I can't yeah. be.
1: Yeah, we've got stuff to do, people.
0: I can't. I can't be splitting them. And and again, my choice. There are there are so many. And again, my choice comes. In. Yeah. it was a match I worked on. It was a match okay. I was so immersed in. It didn't get. Grand it, Slam didn't get the result I wanted. It's not a Grand Slam match. It's an event that happens Ooh. well, it should happen every four years, but it happened in the f- oh. fifth year. You know where I am? Olympics. Paralympics. 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 We can just sit the Olympics. Paralympics? Olympics. It was in the Paralympics. It was the wheelchair doubles final. Gordon Reed and Alfie Hewitt against Uday yeah. and Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. It was Reed and Hewitt looking to keep the Golden Slam Dream Alive. They went on to complete the Grand Slam. They won the US Open in doubles. They were looking for the Golden Slam. This was a time when Djokovic hadn't been able to do it, not getting the medal in Tokyo. We still had a handful um of players within the Paralympics that could still keep that golden slam dream alive. Among them were Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reid. There was the backdrop of Alfie Hewitt not knowing if this would be the last Paralympics he would compete in because of classification issues which have been resolved, and wonderfully he can continue to compete as a professional tennis player. It was, it was, like these guys, the four of these guys know each other so well, Nicholas Pfeiffer, Stefan Ude, Gordon Reid, Alfie Hewitt, and it was an absolute Thriller. Three hours and 25 minutes. And it was the French pair came through, but the Brits were leading 3-1 in the deciding set. It was... It had everything. It had drama. You know, the one thing it didn't have was a crowd. It's I know there's been so many matches when we've said, if only there was a crowd. Oh, if there'd been a crowd. It's such a wonderful stadium. We're lucky enough to go there during the Olympics. It's a wonderful arena in Tokyo. There were no fans in there, but it was gripping. It was... And it was the story. Could they do it? They had the lead. Is this Alfie's last ever match playing as a professional tennis player? Ah, loved it. And uh, yeah, so that that gets my vote for my match of the year.
1: Yeah, what a moment. Just what, as you say, just so much going into it. You're into the backstory again, aren't you? But the emotion, it's just when you know what it means, it just, yeah, it just, it does get you. So I, I, I think that's a fine choice.
0: Thank you very much, and and what are you going for? Now you've had a little bit of time to think, <laughs> and you've worked on an awful lot of matches in twenty twenty one. So I'm not quite sure how you're gonna you're gonna whittle it down. And well, why this is and the difficulty
1: how. because uh, yeah, you do do a lot of uh, a lot of matches through the year, um, yeah, and trying to to pick through a, a favorite. Now there's one there are two matches that jump out to me and actually they're both WTA matches considering I this year for this year I did more work on ATP matches than did WTA um, but there are two matches that that jump out one that I'm not going to choose um, but it is you know just incredibly memorable for, for I suppose maybe it's just personal to me I don't think this is necessarily the most memorable match for other people but it was Emma Raducanu uh, taking on now this is not the match that anybody would pick I think
0: themselves ah no I've was... got it let me let me let me guess are you Oh, no okay no no okay <laughs> go on go no, on you can get no, it no. she is hasn't it, played you... many matches was it the US Open no you're going Wimbledon yeah you're going Wimbledon no no I'm going US Open you're going US Open mm-hmm it's not the final no because you would have said if it was the final yeah it was
1: Benchich? no uh, it was earlier on and um it was against Sara cerebra's tormo okay and not the most memorable because i can't actually remember the result but i have a feeling it was like love and one (laughs) like one and two (laughs) something ridiculous um but the reason it stood out to me was because you know going into that match i was like okay this is a different challenge for emma this you know because already she was making waves she'd come through qualies she'd obviously done what she'd done at wimbledon you know we we were in the uk i was working for a british broadcaster working for the bbc and obviously i know emma so you know we had all of that going for it and it was like okay if if she can win this one that's sort of like hold on what's happening here because yeah. i was like cerebra's yeah. trauma is tough she's got True. that spinny forehand she's got that she's loud and in your face the other players that Emma had played against were quite quiet and she really overwhelmed them with her sort of energy on the court um but with uh yeah with three Bears I was like she's not going to get overwhelmed she's going to be giving it the come-ons the vamos from points like you know 15 all in the first game she's you know, vamosing as if she's won the tournament and uh you know I was like that just changes things and then I just watched it and watched Raducanu completely dismantle her and Cerebra's Tormo completely go into her shell, not be able to stand up to it at all and get rolled over. Ultimately, that's what happened. And I just remember thinking, oh, and almost sort of like grabbing the desk, like we need to hold on here. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But like, oh, my God, this is going to be unbelievable. So that was so I'm doing a big mention to that. Because that was uh, that that was quite a moment, I think, in the year
0: yeah. of like yeah. it
1: was, you know, amazing what Emma did at Wimbledon. It was amazing what she was doing at the US Open. But that was a real like, oh, she's not messing around here. This is this is like levels, right? <laughs> um, anyway, my award is given purely on quality of match. The quality of the Indian Wells final between. My most well, second most improved player in Paula Badosa and uh, and the veteran Victoria Azarenka was off the charts. Good. That was great, wasn't it? Off the charts. The Phenomenal. level was insane. Just you know, it had it had it, a bit of everything, didn't it? It was just absolutely extraordinary. You know, Badosa. A lot of people didn't really know too much about her. She'd been quietly going about her business, and then she went Pfft, sod being quiet. This is what I'm going to do, and she was incredible i mean in terms of baseline hitting i don't think you get better than that the counter punching the aggression you know azarenka was just not budging off the baseline we know azarenka loves indian wells and miami she does the sunshine double for breakfast you know it just all of it yeah it was an incredible match and if there was one match that i was going to watch back purely for the quality of tennis to be like right let's see the best of 2021 that's what it would be
0: (sighs) oh It was, a, it was a good, highly recommended and a good choice there. But and as I say, people listening would love to know your your matches of the year. So that's it. We've got to nearly the halfway point of our Christmas special. I'm gonna now I well, I finally have to I'm gonna go and do some tidying up. As you're not gonna lend me either your baby or these weird hoovers that you're telling me about that you press a button and off they go. I'm actually gonna have to get stuck into it myself. So I'm going to go and clean up. I'm going to get ready for Christmas. I'm going to wish you a happy Christmas and all our listeners. Yeah. Very happy Christmas. Yeah. And I hope everyone stays safe and well and enjoys their Christmas day wherever they are. And we are going to be starting, just to give you a bit more time to think, we're going to be starting our final pod of the year with this is a cheery one biggest disappointment.
1: (laughs) of 2021. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to get stuck into that. Merry Christmas. <laughs> See ya.